Today is Epiphany and we are sweeping out Christmas because finally, finally, the wise men made it all the way from the eaves to the stable. And like last week, we thought about why would Matthew tell us the story here again? We can ask ourselves, why is Matthew telling us the story of the wise men coming from the east? And I remind us again that the audience that Matthew is talking to are mostly Jews. And when you talk to a certain group of people, when we have a faith group, and I make a reference to a story like, uh, for example, um, the prodigal son, you all know what I'm talking about. I have just to name certain words, and you all know what kind of story I'm talking about. And the same with Matthew. He does have to name certain little things, and the Jewish community right away knows what Matthew is talking about. He doesn't have to explain the whole thing. He just names a certain few words, and they already hear the backstory uh, that Matthew refers to. And today, Matthew takes us on the journey that there are wise men coming to the stable. And I don't know if you know that, but the nativity play that we had last year, the kids played where the shepherd and the wise man would come to the manger, is not biblical. Because Luke talks about shepherds, Matthew about wise men, but none of them talks about the two in the same story. So we have the shepherds in Luke, we have in Matthew the wise men coming to the stable. So why would Matthew tell us the story of people coming from far away? He mainly talks to Jewish people. And back then, the Jewish faith was very exclusive. You couldn't just come, become a Jew. They were insiders. But the Jewish faith was not built on insiders. It was a development that later came because the story with Israel started way before the Jewish faith was established as a religion. And so Matthew takes his audience and asks to the story of Abraham, the star, and the promise that Abraham will be a big, the father of a big nation. So it says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me, Abraham, and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be from now on Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. When Matthew all of the sudden shared with the Jewish community that not only shepherds, and he didn't mention the shepherds, not only Jewish people will come to the manger, that this Messiah coming out of the Jewish faith is open to all. That was revolutionary that Matthew brought to his Jewish audience, that Jesus is not only there for the Jews, but also, as we heard in Paul, for the Gentiles, for the people of non-Jewish faith, because God does not limit itself to the Jewish community. God's covenant is for all. 
And Matthew says us, isn't this the beauty that we have a God that is open for all? And it is already promised back then when Abraham had the covenant made with God that Abraham will become the father of the multitude, an ancestor of many, many people, and not only of a few. All of a sudden, this insider faith becomes an inclusive outsider faith as well, where all of a sudden everybody is included. And Matthew says, and you don't just not only see this in the mission and what Jesus says as an adult, you already can see this in his birth, where people from far, far away were on their way to meet this baby child. Because those people from far, far away already saw the greatness and the openness and the love, the unconditional love for everybody. And Matthew says, see, this is fulfilled. What promised in Abraham is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That the love of God is for everybody. Not exclusive, but inclusive. Not only for a few, but for everybody. And you already can see this by the people who came from far, far away. Those people, we don't know what kind of faith they had. We actually don't know if they were rich or poor. They brought gifts, yes, but we don't know their background. We don't know if they had a revelation in some sort. They followed a star, not really knowing what they gotten themselves into, what this baby would be all about until they arrived. They were on a journey of not really knowing, but trusting that something is drawing them to this manger. They didn't even know that there would be a manger at the end of their journey. They didn't know that the star would point to a manger. They were probably thinking they're pointing to a palace or something else. They just didn't know. So everybody at the manger is welcome, whether like the shepherds in Luke, you're already there, ready to go in this faith, but maybe lonely, stinky. Those shepherds were not the cleanest ones. And those were on the outer rim of society. Whether we are like this coming to the manger or like on the other side, seekers, journeys, who really don't know what the star will bring, but trusting that the star has something good in store, that something is beautiful and blessed. Coming to the manger in between God says, you are all welcome at the manger. And that is what Matthew says to his audience, saying, you might be of Jewish faith, but God's love, God's good news is for everybody. It's opening up. And that is nothing new. That is already promised from old. So remember Abraham, how he went on a journey not knowing what to expect. But the stars on the sky were the promise of the multitude of nations that will one day follow Jesus is fulfilled in this little baby. Matthew shares and opens the faith of his audience, saying to be inclusive. And later on, Paul says, whether you are of Jewish faith or of the Gentiles, God's love is for all of us who wants to come to this manger. And so it is good to see that the manger is right in front of the table because the manger is the extension of the table. The, ta the table is the extension of the manger. What happened and started as a baby is fulfilled and concluded at the table where Jesus promises us that he will die for us and that we will be saved. 
that whatever started as a little baby is here right at the table. This table is an inclusive table that if you want to come to this table, you are welcome here. Because I'm not inviting you, St. Paul's is not inviting you. That is really important to know that we are just the facilitators of an invitation that God is giving you. Saying, I invite you to my table because I love you. Because I love you. And if you accept my invitation, then we feast together. But I invite you. You just have to say yes. And whether you're lonely, devastated, and sad, or a seeker or journer, you are welcome here. Whether you are deeply rooted in your faith, or maybe a doubter, I invite you at my table. And whether you are a longtime Christian follower, or that you just have today the desire to come, you're welcome here at my table. Because God is inviting you. And if you feel the invitation to come and join, God rejoices. The church rejoices. We rejoice with you. Because there's nothing more wonderful than people coming from a very long journey where they follow somehow a star and finally receive what they are longing for. Bread and wine, shared in community, but specially shared from God with you to strengthen you, to deepen your faith, and to encourage you to continue your journey wherever the star will take us afterwards. That is why we have the communion not at the end of the service, but right in the center. Because Epiphany is calling us to this table from far away. And it doesn't matter how long our journey takes us to come to this table. We are never too late to come to Jesus. So please join me by celebrating together communion.